0: Chapter Three of the D'Artagnan Romances, Volume Two. Twenty Years After, by Alexandre Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Dead animosities. D'Artagnan arrived at the Bastille just as it was striking half past eight. His visit was announced to the governor, who, on hearing that he came from the Cardinal, went to meet him and received him at the top of the great flight of steps outside the door. The governor of the Bastille was Monsieur de Tremblay, the brother of the famous Capuchin Joseph, that fearful favorite of Richelieu's who went by the name of the Gray Cardinal. During the period that the Duc de Bossompierre passed in the Bastille, where he remained for twelve long years, when his companions in their dreams of liberty said to each other, As for me, I shall go out of the prison at such a time, and another at such and such a time, the Duke used to answer, As for me, gentlemen, I shall leave only when Monsieur de Tremblay leaves. Meaning that at the death of the Cardinal de Tremblay, would certainly lose his place at the Bastille and de Bassompierre regain his at court. His prediction was nearly fulfilled, but in a very different way from that which de Bassompierre supposed. For after the death of Richelieu everything went on, contrary to expectation, in the same way as before, and Bassompierre had little chance of leaving his prison. Monsieur de Tremblay received d'Artagnan with extreme politeness, and invited him to sit down with him to supper, of which he was himself about to partake. "'I should be delighted to do so,' was the reply. "'But, if I am not mistaken, the words, in haste, are written on the envelope of the letter which I brought.' "'You are right,' said Du Tremblay. "'Allô, Major!' tell them to order number twenty-five to come downstairs the unhappy wretch who entered the bastille ceased as he crossed the threshold to be a man he became a number d'artagnan shuddered at the noise of the keys he remained on horseback feeling no inclination to dismount and sat looking at the bars at the buttressed windows and the immense walls he had hitherto only seen from the other side of the moat but, by which he had, for twenty years, been awestruck, a bell resounded. I must leave you, said du Tremblay. I am sent for to sign the release of a prisoner, and I shall be happy to meet you again, sir. May the devil annihilate me if I return thy wish, murmured d'Artagnan, smiling as he pronounced the imprecation. I declare I feel quite ill after only being five minutes in the courtyard. Go to, go to. I would rather die on straw than hoard up a thousand a year by being governor of the Bastille. He had scarcely finished this soliloquy before the prisoner arrived. On seeing him, d'Artagnan could hardly suppress an exclamation of surprise. The prisoner got into the carriage without seeming to recognize the musketeer. Gentlemen. Thus D'Artagnan addressed the four musketeers. "'I am ordered to exercise the greatest possible care in guarding the prisoner, and since there are no locks on the carriage, I shall sit beside him. Monsieur de Lillebon, lead my horse by the bridle, if you please.' As he spoke, he dismounted, gave the bridle of his horse to the musketeer, and placing himself by the side of the prisoner, said in a voice perfectly composed, "'To the Palais Royal at full trot!' The carriage drove on, and D'Artagnan, availing himself of the darkness in the archway under which they were passing, threw himself into the arms of the prisoner. Rochefort, he exclaimed, you, is it you indeed? Am I not mistaken? D'Artagnan, cried Rochefort. Ah, my poor friend, resumed D'Artagnan, not having seen you for four or five years, I concluded you were dead. If faith, said Rochefort, there's no great difference, I think, between a dead man and one who has been buried alive. Now I have been buried alive, or very nearly so. And for what crime are you imprisoned in the Bastille? Do you wish me to speak the truth? Yes. Well, then, I don't know. "'Have you no suspicion of me, Rochefort?' "'No, on the honor of a gentleman. But I cannot be imprisoned for the reason alleged. It is impossible.' "'What reason?' asked D'Artagnan. "'For stealing.' "'For stealing? You, Rochefort, you are laughing at me.' "'I understand. You mean that this demands explanation, do you not?' i admit it well this is what actually took place one evening after an orgy in reynard's apartment at the tuileries with the duc de harcourt Fontraille, de roy and others the duc d'harcourt proposed that we should go and pull cloaks on the pont neuf that is you know a diversion which the duc d'orleans made quite the fashion were you crazy rochefort at your age no i was drunk and yet since the amusement seemed to me rather tame i proposed to chevalier de rue that we should be spectators instead of actors and in order to see to advantage that we should mount the bronze horse no sooner said than done thanks to the spurs which served as stirrups in a moment we were perched upon the croup we were well placed and saw everything Four or five cloaks had already been lifted with a dexterity without parallel, and not one of the victims had dared to say a word, when some fool of a fellow, less patient than the others, took it into his head to cry out, Guard, and drew upon us a patrol of archers. Duke d'Arcourt, von Traille, and others escaped. Derue was inclined to do likewise, but I told him they wouldn't look for us where we were. He wouldn't listen. He put his foot on the spur to get down, the spur broke, he fell with a broken leg, and instead of keeping quiet, took a crying out like a gallows-bird. I then was ready to dismount, but it was too late. I descended into the arms of the archers. They conducted me to the chatelet, where I slept soundly, being very sure that on the next day I should go forth free. The next day came and passed the day after a week i then wrote to the cardinal the same day they came for me and took me to the bastille that was five years ago do you believe it was because i committed the sacrilege of mounting on croup behind henry the fourth no you are right my dear rochefort it couldn't be for that but you will probably learn the reason soon ah indeed i forgot to ask you where are you taking me to the cardinal what does he want with me i do not know i did not even know that you were the person i was sent to fetch impossible you a favorite of the minister a favorite no indeed cried d'artagnan ah my poor friend I am just as poor Gascon as when I saw you at Meung twenty-two years ago, you know. Alas! And he concluded his speech with a deep sigh. Nevertheless, you come as one in authority. Because I happened to be in the antechamber when the cardinal called me, by the merest chance. I am still a lieutenant in the Musketeers and have been so these twenty years then no misfortune has happened to you and what misfortune could happen to me to quote some latin verses i have forgotten or rather never knew well the thunderbolt never falls on the valleys and i am a valley dear rochefort one of the lowliest of the low then mazarin is still mazarin the same as ever my friend it is said that he is married to the queen.' "'Married?' "'If not her husband, he is unquestionably her lover.' "'You surprise me. Rebuff Buckingham and consent to Mazarin.' "'Just like the women,' replied d'Artagnan coolly. "'Like women, not like queens.' "'Egad!' Queens are the weakest of their sex when it comes to such things as these. And, Monsieur de Beaufort, is he still in prison? Yes. Why? Oh, nothing but that he might get me out of this, if he were favorably inclined to me. You are probably nearer freedom than he is, so it will be your business to get him out. And? said the prisoner. What talk is there of war with Spain? With Spain, no, answered D'Artagnan. But Paris? What do you mean? cried Rochefort. Do you hear the guns, pray? The citizens are amusing themselves in the meantime. And you, do you really think that anything could be done with these bourgeois?" Yes, they might do well if they had any leader to unite them in one body. How miserable not to be free! Don't be downcast. Since Mazarin has sent for you, it is because he wants you. I congratulate you. Many a long year has passed since anyone has wanted to employ me, so you see in what a situation I am. Make your complaints known. That's my advice." Listen, Rochefort, let us make a compact. We are friends, are we not? Egad! I bear the traces of our friendship, three slits or slashes from your sword. Well, if you should be restored to favor, don't forget me. On the honor of a Rochefort. But you must do the like for me. There's my hand. I promise. Therefore, whenever you find any opportunity of saying something in my behalf. I shall say it. And you? I shall do the same. Apropos, are we to speak of your friends also, Athos, Porthos, and Aramis, or have you forgotten them? Almost. What has become of them? I don't know. We separated, as you know they are alive that's all i can say about them from time to time i hear of them indirectly but in what part of the world they are devil take me if i know no on my honor i have not a friend in the world but you rochefort and the illustrious what's the name of the lad whom i made a sergeant in piedmont's regiment planchet the illustrious planchet what has become of him i shouldn't wonder if he were at the head of the mob at this very moment he married a woman who keeps a confectioner's shop in the rue de Lombard, for he's a lad who is always fond of sweetmeats he's now a citizen of paris you'll see that that queer fellow will be a sheriff before i shall be a captain come dear d'artagnan look up a little courage it is when one is lowest on the wheel of fortune that the merry-go-round wheels and rewards us This evening your destiny begins to change. Amen! exclaimed D'Artagnan, stopping the carriage. What are you doing? asked Rochefort. We are almost there and I want no one to see me getting out of your carriage. We are supposed not to know each other. You are right. Adieu. Au revoir. Remember your promise. In five minutes the party entered the courtyard and d'Artagnan led the prisoner up the great staircase and across the corridor and antechamber. As they stopped at the door of the cardinal's study, d'Artagnan was about to be announced when Rochefort slapped him on his shoulder. D'Artagnan, let me confess to you what I've been thinking about during the whole of my drive, as I looked out upon the parties of citizens who perpetually crossed our path and looked at you and your four men with fiery eyes.' Speak out, answered D'Artagnan. I had only to cry out help, for you and your companions to be cut to pieces, and then I should have been free. Why didn't you do it? asked the lieutenant. Come, come, cried Rochefort. Did we not swear friendship? Ah, had one but you been there, I don't say. D'Artagnan bowed it is possible that rochefort has become a better man than i am he said to himself and he calls himself to be announced to the minister let monsieur de rochefort enter said mazarin eagerly on hearing their names pronounced and beg monsieur d'artagnan to wait i shall have a further need of him these words gave great joy to d'artagnan as he had said It had been a long time since anyone had needed him, and that demand for his services on the part of Mazarin seemed to him an auspicious sign. Rochefort, rendered suspicious and cautious by these words, entered the apartment where he found Mazarin sitting at the table, dressed in his ordinary garb and as one of the prelates of the church, his costume being similar to that of the abbeys of the day, excepting that his scarf and stockings were violet.' as the door was closed rochefort cast a glance toward mazarin which was answered by one equally furtive from the minister there was little change in the cardinal still dressed with sedulous care his hair well arranged and curled his person perfumed he looked owing to his extreme taste in dress only half his age but rochefort who had passed five years in prison had become old in the lapse of a few years the dark locks of this estimable friend of the defunct cardinal richelieu were now white the deep bronze of his complexion had been succeeded by a mortal pallor which betokened debility as he gazed at him mazarin shook his head slightly as much as to say this is a man who does not appear to me fit for much after a pause which appeared an age to rochefort mazarin took from a bundle of papers a letter and showing it to the count he said i find here a letter in which you sue for liberty monsieur de rochefort you are in prison then rochefort trembled in every limb at this question but i thought he said that your eminence knew that circumstance better than any one i oh no there is a congestion of prisoners in the Bastille who were cooped up in the time of Monsieur de Richelieu. I don't even know their names. Yes, but in regard to myself, my lord, it cannot be so, for I was removed from the Châtelet to the Bastille owing to an order from your eminence. You think you were? I am certain of it. Ha huh. stay. I fancy I remember it. Did you not once refuse to undertake a journey to Brussels for the Queen? Ah ah exclaimed Rochefort, there is the true reason. Idiot that I am, though I have been trying to find it out for five years, I never found it out but i do not say it was the cause of your imprisonment i merely ask you did you not refuse to go to brussels for the queen whilst you had consented to go there to do some services for the late cardinal that is the very reason i refused to go back to brussels i was there at a fearful moment i was sent there to intercept a correspondence between chalet and the archduke and even then when i was discovered i was nearly torn to pieces how could i then return to brussels i should injure the queen instead of serving her well since the best motives are liable to misconstruction the queen saw in your refusal nothing but a refusal a distinct refusal she had also much to complain of you during the lifetime of the late cardinal "'Yes, uh, Her Majesty the Queen,' Rochefort smiled contemptuously. "'Since I was a faithful servant, my lord, to Cardinal Richelieu during his life, it stands to reason that now, after his death, I should serve you well, in defiance of the whole world.'" "'With regard to myself, Monsieur de Rochefort,' replied Mazarin, i am not like monsieur de richelieu all-powerful i am but a minister who wants no servants being myself nothing but a servant of the queen's now uh, the queen is of a sensitive nature hearing of your refusal to obey her she looked upon it as a declaration of war and as she considers you a man of superior talent and consequently dangerous she desired me to make sure of you that is the reason of your being shut up in the bastille but your release can be managed you are one of those men who can comprehend certain matters and having understood them can act with energy such was cardinal richelieu's opinion my lord the cardinal, interrupted Mazarin, was a great politician, and therein shown his vast superiority over me. I am a straightforward, simple man. That's my great disadvantage. I am of a frankness of character, quite French. Rochefort bit his lips in order to prevent a smile. And now to the point. I want friends. I want faithful servants. When I say I want, I mean the Queen wants them. I do nothing without her commands. Pray understand that not like Monsieur de Richelieu, who went on just as he pleased. So, I shall never be a great man as he was, but to compensate for that, I shall be a good man, Monsieur de Rochefort, and I hope to prove it to you. Rochefort knew well the tones of that soft voice, in which sounded sometimes a sort of gentle lisp, like the hissing of young vipers. "'I am disposed to believe your eminence,' he replied, "'though I have but little evidence of that good nature of which your eminence speaks. Do not forget that I have been five years in the Bastille, and that no medium of viewing things is so deceptive as the grating of a prison.' ah monsieur de rochefort have i not told you already that i had nothing to do with that Uh, the queen uh, cannot you make allowances uh, for the pettishness of a queen and a princess but that has passed away as suddenly as it came and is forgotten i can easily suppose sir that her majesty has forgotten it amid the fêtes and the courtiers of the palais royal but i who have passed those years in the bastille ah mon dieu my dear monsieur de rochefort do you absolutely think that the palais royal is the abode of gaiety no we have had great annoyances there as for me i play my game squarely fairly and above board as i always do let us come to some conclusion "'Are you one of us, monsieur de Rochefort?' "'I am very desirous of being so, my lord, "'but I am totally in the dark about everything. "'In the Bastille one talks politics only with soldiers and jailers, "'and you have not an idea, my lord, "'how little is known of what is going on by people of that sort. "'I am of monsieur de Bassompierre's party.' He is still one of the Seventeen Peers of France." "'He is dead, sir, a great loss. His devotion to the Queen was boundless. Men of loyalty are scarce." "'I think so. Forsooth,' said Rochefort. And when you find any of them, you march them off to the Bastille. However, there are plenty in the world. you don't look in the right direction for them my lord indeed explain to me ah my dear monsieur de rochefort how much you must have learned during your intimacy with the late cardinal ah he was a great man will your eminence be angry if i read you a lesson i never you know you may say anything to me I try to be beloved, not feared. Well, there is on the wall of my cell, scratched with a nail, a proverb which says, like master, like servant. Pray, what does that mean? It means that Monsieur de Richelieu was able to find trusty servants, dozens and dozens of them he the point aimed at by every poniard richelieu who passed his life in warding off blows which were forever aimed at him but he did ward them off said de rochefort and the reason was that though he had bitter enemies he possessed also true friends i have known persons he continued for he thought he might avail himself of the opportunity of speaking Of d'artagnan who by their sagacity and address have deceived the penetration of cardinal richelieu who by their valour have got the better of his guards and spies persons without money without support without credit yet who have preserved to the crowned head its crown and made the cardinal crave pardon but those men you speak of said mazarin smiling inwardly on seeing rochefort approach the point to which he was leading him those men were not devoted to the cardinal for they contended against him no in that case they would have met with more fitting reward they had the misfortune to be devoted to that very queen for whom just now you were seeking servants but how is it that you know so much of these matters I know them because the men of whom I speak were at that time my enemies. Because they fought against me. Because I did them all the harm I could, and they returned it to the best of their ability. Because one of them, with whom I had most to do, gave me a pretty sword-thrust, now about seven years ago. The third that I received from the same hand, it closed an old account. Ah! said Mazarin, with admirable suavity. Could I but find such men? My lord, there has stood for six years at your very door a man such as I describe, and during those six years he has been unappreciated and unemployed by you. Who is it? It is Monsieur d'Artagnan. Are that uh, Gascon? cried Mazarin, with well-acted surprise. That Gascon has saved a queen and made Monsieur de Richelieu confess that in point of talent, address, and political skill, to him he was only a tyro. Really? It is as I have the honor of telling it to your excellency. Tell me a little about it, my dear Monsieur de Rochefort. ''That is somewhat difficult, my lord,'' said Rochefort with a smile. ''Then will he tell it me himself?'' ''I doubt it, my lord.'' ''Why do you doubt it?'' ''Because the secret does not belong to him, because, as I have told you, it has to do with a great queen.'' And he was alone in achieving an enterprise like that? No, my lord. He had three colleagues, three brave men, men such as you were wishing for just now. And were these four men, attached to each other, true in heart, really united? As if they had been one man as if their four hearts had pulsated in one breast. You pique my curiosity, dear Rochefort. Pray, tell me the whole story. That is impossible, but I will tell you a true story, my lord. Pray, do so. I delight in stories, cried the cardinal. Listen, then. "'returned Rochefort as he spoke, "'endeavoring to read in that subtle countenance "'the cardinal's motive. "'Once upon a time there lived a queen, "'a powerful monarch, "'who reigned over one of the greatest kingdoms of the universe, "'and a minister, "'and this minister wished much to injure the queen "'whom once he had loved too well. "'Do not try, my lord. "'You cannot guess who it is. "'All this happened long before you came "'into the country where this queen reigned.' There came to the court an ambassador so brave, so magnificent, so elegant, that every woman lost her heart to him, and the queen had even the indiscretion to give him certain ornaments so rare that they could never be replaced by any like them. As these ornaments were given by the king, the minister persuaded his majesty to insist upon the queen's appearing in them as part of her jewels at a ball which was soon to take place. There is no occasion to tell you, my lord, that the minister knew for a fact that these ornaments had sailed away with the ambassador, who was far away, beyond seas. This illustrious queen had fallen low, as the least of her subjects, fallen from her high estate. Indeed. Well, my lord, four men resolved to save her. These four men were not princes, neither were they dukes, "'Neither were they men in power. "'They were not even rich. "'They were four honest soldiers, each with a good heart, "'a good arm and a sword at the service of those who wanted it. "'They set out. "'The minister knew of their departure and had planted people on the road "'to prevent them ever reaching their destination. Three of them were overwhelmed and disabled by numerous assailants. "'One of them alone arrived at the port.' having either killed or wounded those who wished to stop him. He crossed the sea, and brought back the set of ornaments to the great queen, who was able to wear them on her shoulder on the appointed day, and this very nearly ruined the minister. What do you think of that exploit, my lord?' "'It is magnificent,' said Mazarin thoughtfully. "'Well, I know of ten such men.' Mazarin made no reply. He reflected. Five or six minutes elapsed. "'You have nothing more to ask of me, my lord,' said Rochefort. "'Yes. And uh, you say that uh, Monsieur d'Artagnan was one of those four men?' "'He led the enterprise.' "'And uh, who were the others?' i leave it to monsieur d'artagnan to name them my lord they were his friends and not mine he alone would have any influence with them i do not even know them under their true names you suspect me monsieur de rochefort i want him and you and all to aid me begin with me my lord for after five or six years of imprisonment it is natural to feel some curiosity as to one's destination You, my dear Monsieur de Rochefort, shall have the post of confidence. You shall go to Vincennes, where Monsieur de Beaufort is confined. You will guard him well for me. Well, what is the matter? The matter is that you have proposed to me what is impossible, said Rochefort, shaking his head with an air of disappointment. What? Impossible And oh, why is it impossible? Because Monsieur de Beaufort is one of my friends, or rather, I am one of his. Have you forgotten, my lord, that it is he who answered for me to the Queen? Since then Monsieur de Beaufort has become an enemy of the state. That may be, my lord, but since I am neither king nor queen nor minister. He is not my enemy, and I cannot accept your offer. This, then, is what you call devotion. I congratulate you. Your devotion does not commit you too far, monsieur de Rochefort. And then, my lord, continued Rochefort, you understand that to emerge from the Bastille in order to enter Vincennes is only to change one's prison. "'Say at once that you are on the side of Monsieur de Beaufort. That will be the most sincere line of conduct,' said Mazarin. "'My lord, I have been so long shut up that I am only of one party. I am for fresh air. Employ me in any other way. Employ me even actively. But let it be on the high roads.' "'My dear Monsieur de Rochefort,' "'Mazarin replied in a tone of raillery, "'you think yourself still a young man. "'Your spirit is that of the phoenix, "'but your strength fails you. "'Believe me, you ought now to take a rest. "'Here.' "'You decide, then, nothing about me, my lord?' "'On the contrary. "'I have come to a decision.' Benouin came into the room. Call an officer of justice, he said, and stay close to me, he added in a low tone. The officer entered. Mazarin wrote a few words which he gave to this man, then he bowed. Adieu, monsieur de Rochefort, he said. Rochefort bent low. I see, my lord. I am to be taken back to the Bastille. You are sagacious. "'I shall return thither, my lord. But it is a mistake on your part not to employ me.' "'You, the friend of my greatest foes, (laughs) don't suppose that you are the only person who can serve me, monsieur de Rochefort. I shall find many men as able as you are.' "'I wish you may, my lord,' replied de Rochefort. He was then reconducted by the little staircase instead of passing through the antechamber where d'Artagnan was waiting. In the courtyard the carriage and the four musketeers were ready, but he looked around in vain for his friend. Ah, he muttered to himself, this changes the situation, and if there is still a crowd of people in the streets we will try to show Mazarin that we are still, thank God, good for something else than keeping guard over a prisoner. And he jumped into the carriage with the alacrity of a man of five-and-twenty. End of chapter three. Recording by john Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.